is that JT? Hey. Hey. What are you doing here? Hey, we're here again. Oh, we're on the podcast. That's right. How you doing, buddy? Hey, it's uh, you. You got You forgot what technology looked like. You're sauntering your way back into the world. I know. I had like four and a half days fully offline. Um, I took pictures, but you know, I don't. I don't really count. I wasn't online for the pictures. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, no. Now it's all just a big tech blur. There's even new new zooms since I've been gone. Yeah, there's like new stuff. You can be, you can become your own your very own weather person for no reason. I know. I, I want no reason to use technology. It's. I think it's just that that one is so in like in particular so interesting because of all the things you could have done. That's barely helpful. Yeah, it's like <laughs> is it is it the Prezi of Zooms? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Look, no, but you can zoom in. You can zoom. Yeah, you made this basically not any better or worse it's just more (laughs) but now it's also harder to use so enjoy yeah congratulations it's gotten more complicated for people who don't know how to use it talk to you soon bye it's the worst why aren't video calls like shouldn't you have like the app where you don't have to like send people a link do it like shouldn't you just be able to see like oh yeah i want to call jt tap a button and it just like you get a video call in zoom and it just sort of works like it's such a yeah. backwards way of thinking about it. It's like it's as if it's as if they're approaching a problem without even realizing that we already have had phone numbers and know right. how to do things. Right. It's like yeah, we. It's it's actually really funny. Like they just ignore all the history of this thing that you could use to make this actually work the way it should, and instead invent a whole new host of problems that right. didn't exist with the former stuff. Right. And, and by the way, I'll say Zoom liberally. Actually, I think they do one of the better jobs of it. All the video chat platforms. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the expectation right now is so low for me on all of them. Like the one thing that Zoom did better than anybody else, regardless of, I don't know whether, I don't know if there's, there's I'm not substantiating this, that there was like, that, that it's easily hackable, but apparently yeah. that's a thing. But like just that grid view, like why was that not a thing forever? Like that's right. just a better version. Right. And like even FaceTime now who have finally figured out how to stabilize all the talking heads that they were doing, like that was just unnecessary design and it was so hard. It's like it's distracting. Oh, it's it's very like the floaty, bubbly thingy. Oh, yeah. Just the worst. I'm it's getting a little just- seasick thinking about it. Yeah, it just makes me so mad. It's, it's, and it's particularly difficult when you're like introducing people to a technology that has an unnecessary piece, and they're like, how do I stop it? And you're like, you, you don't. <laughs> like, it's just, you just have to live with it like the rest of us. <laughs> Sorry. What were, you, uh, what were you up to while I was uh, up in the woods? Uh, it's just, buddy, we were, we were on the boat. We, we did our first family boat trip for the birthday. Uh, varying degrees of success turns out ocean a little a little windy a little rocky not not my older daughter's favorite thing in the beginning but she got she got into it towards the end so it was good nice nice other than that just uh you know living the quarantine dream pal we've got a whole new host of issues hitting south carolina now so we're just gonna go go back into the bunker (laughs) (laughs) we uh yeah we've been trying to figure out like can we go visit our fam? Our, our family's up in up in Canada. So, and we're, we're citizens. We're dual citizens. So, we actually are allowed to cross the border. But the quarantine policies make it very, very challenging to like just go for let's say three days, say hi to the grandparents, and come back down. Uh, we think we might have a solution coming. We'll see. But um, but yeah, quarant- I like quarantine dream. I hadn't heard that before. That's a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely borrow that one. Yeah, you, you know what? You can just have it. The corn dream is where uh, it's where we live. But you know what? It's uh, all all things considered, uh, things are things are pretty good. Um, so, what was your favorite part and least favorite part of no technology? Uh, I I generally this is going to sound shocking, and and if my wife were listening, she'd be like, "Nope." Uh, I I very much get comfortable with no technology mode very quickly. Uh, the only thing I actually really want around is the camera. I, I, I like taking, you know, I got pictures of a snapping turtle. I got pictures of my 13 year old going on his own solo canoe trip on this lake. Like, oh, that's cool. It was just good times. Um, so I don't really have a problem with disconnecting whatsoever. I don't follow the news that much. So I don't care about that. And uh, it's just a big, big honking inbox to deal with when you get back. So shoveling. This is a week of shoveling. Yeah, just the constant, the constant get back. That's like, 
my wife always gets mad. Like I think the only time I've ever honestly really unplugged from work was for our honeymoon. Um, and it was, it's, it's because I don't handle coming back. Well, like it's, it, it, that gives me, it's so much worse to me coming back with like, cause I use my inbox as like an actual tool. Sure. So it's just, it's the worst. So I literally like, I felt so bad. I tried very hard to leave you, leave you be this week. <laughs> Cause oh. I was like, this poor guy's probably buried and stuff. And it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. And you actually have to read it all to figure right. it out. I actually think there should be like a, a next, a new out of office mode that is like rejects emails. Like, sorry, Jeremy's not receiving emails right now. Right. Like I can't receive a phone call. So if you really want to reach me, you're going to have to call me back. I think yeah. an email version of that, because what, what would happen is like psychologically, not everybody would resend you that email. Some people are like, you know, I don't need to CC this guy. I'll just take him off the thread or, or whatever might happen. Right. I think, yeah. Email really needs an overhaul, but that, that we'll talk about another time. We will. I love the idea of even just being able to like whitelist people and saying like these emails come through and then otherwise send everybody else into the right. get back to me later. Right. Totally <laughs> yeah. agree. Um, so what was it? Was it the best and the worst? Um, there was no worst. It was only best. That's great. We had, we had the minor, minor issue with this house we rented where um, have you heard of uh, the famous uh, architectural uh, house called uh, Falling Water? Yes, Falling Water, yes. Uh, we nicknamed this house Farting Water. <laughs> and uh, I wish it was just because the water made noise. That would have been just hysterical. Uh, no, the wa- there was a little, little sulfur in the air, a little mm. aroma going on anytime we turned on the faucet. So we basically, you know, did not, you know, we used the lake. The lake was good. Nothing wrong with some lake water baths, man. I'm a big lake water bath guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But now it's fun to be back online. Just, just back into the thing. It's the swing of it. Having a good time. Awesome. Oh, sorry, JT. Uh, My son just walked in with a plate of cookies. um, Something that looks like a scone and I think birthday cake. And it is just smelling delicious in this room right now. I was going to say, we have to break the third wall. I want to know, was is it someone's birthday or do you just guys, do you guys just have the cakes? It was a friend's, uh, one of the kids' friends' birthday, but I didn't realize that there would be cake involved. Well, this is a, a huge one for you. And I think we'll totally be cool with some, some lip smacking. This is, this is about to be the tastiest darn episode we've ever done. <laughs> if, only, if only this week's theme was sweets related. I like, honest to God, I just thought to myself, I'm like, why did I just get a perfect intro for tasty? And we're not doing food this week. Uh, I would have been a perfect way. Speaking of tasty, let's talk about the thing we love this week, which has nothing to do with food. The thing we love this week is a little uh, YouTube channel called Hishi. Now that's, that's the insider name for it. It's called how it should have ended. And it's an, it's a series of animated videos by originated by a guy named Daniel Baxter and he's been at us for a while now. And I will say this, this, this gentleman has honed his craft. He has a team. I, I think it might be with his wife or something. Cause I'm not, it, it, there's definitely a familial thing in some of the last names uh, of the production crew. But basically what they do is take some of your favorite movies, yours and mine favorite movies. And you know, all those moments where you sort of see those clear plot holes, like, like for example, um, my one of my favorite ones is Moana, where why didn't the wave or whatever the magic water being is just carry the stone to where it needed to go? Like, yep, we've already established the wave could in fact move the stone, so why not just do the whole mission? Like, did it have to be a big character journey? I don't know. Like, right, that that movie could have been two and a half minutes long. <laughs> So that is exactly the theme of Hishi. It's it's finding all these great moments. Like I, I can't even. I, I don't want to spoil any of them because there's so much better done the way he pulls it off. The animation is really nice. It's its own style. Um, I, I don't know the terms for different animation styles, uh, but it's very well done. He the voiceover is funny. He started to expand the channel too, so they do these Hishi reviews where. I think that, you know, I think Daniel's got a really good insight into movie making, storytelling, et cetera. And the reviews are strong. They have these hishy dubs with, where they re- sort of redo a plot with like funnier little voiceovers. Um, and I've enjoyed it. And then they finally have this thing called um, 
the superhero cafe and the villain pub. So a lot of the movies they do are the, the MCU and Matrix and Harry Potter, kind of all the fun geek culture stuff. And in each case, the villains end up at this pub where they're all like comparing notes in a very villainous way. So you'll have Palpatine talking to Voldemort, talking to the Joker, etc. And then over in the superhero cafe, it's basically Superman and Batman and whoever was in that movie. But the best part is that their version of Superman and Batman are such this like extreme egotistical, like as if they actually go and hang out in a cafe you know, every afternoon and have a cup of coffee and eat their lunch. Right. So good. Um, I think I've watched every clip they've put out. I think it might be the only YouTube channel I could say that about. Wow. Yeah. It's that good. This, the villain cafe, for some reason, I immediately get Wreck-It Ralph vibes when he's in that, like the I'm, I am bad and that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And the best part is like, they're always doing bragging rights. So, I think it was Captain Marvel where she's looking at Superman and Batman and sort of has this like, you know, I can just dust y'all. Kind right. Of <laughs> right? And, and Batman, by the way, and I won't spoil any of this, but Batman is constantly convinced he is actually the ultimate superhero. And so there's a recurring like, I'm Batman kind of thing right. going on. If you can find the one, maybe we'll link to it where um, it's Batman versus Super Mario. <laughs> It might be the funniest back and forth I've ever watched. So this is great. So I've, I've actually, I think the reason I'm familiar with this is I think you introduced me to this ages ago. Um, I have definitely not kept up with it the way that you have for sure. I've seen some of this stuff. Like I'm not as familiar with the deeper cut stuff, but like the act, like the, the original, the OG sort of purpose of the channel. I've seen a couple of those. The, the animation style is pretty cool. Like they have a lot of cool, like the, the newer animation stuff is like pretty neat. It's like, it's got a little bit of a, like a, comic book anime vibe sort of deal going on which which is kind of fun they also cover a lot of different kinds of movies which i think is is kind of neat i agree and i would say look if you're at all a fan of anything from star wars to the mcu um, matrix any of that kind of stuff uh the the marvel stuff is pretty good they hit every time you've watched the movie and been like well why didn't they just do this You'll, you'll see that scene recreated exactly how you wanted it to be recreated. So I would start with, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pick one, pick a, pick a Marvel, pick your favorite Marvel movie. And that's the one to watch. What is your favorite Marvel movie? Oh man, we're not doing that today. Okay. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do We'll do that. that. That's a whole, that's a whole nother top. Wait five. a sec. Wait a sec. JT, are you real time injecting a top five? Cause, cause that's my patented move. I did it. Hey! hey. <laughs> yeah, we well clearly we have to do an MCU. I think that goes without saying. All right, but what are we doing instead? So instead, so this is going to be uh, a, we're going to try something a bit different now for something completely different. So we're still going to do our top five, but we're actually going to do a run of top fives that are all sort of together. Are you saying there's like is this like the the Wingman Daily connected universe? I think we're going to have to do like a WDCU. And the, and the way that we'll do that is um, so one thing that we're all obviously missing. I definitely am missing it. Is I love summer blockbusters. Who doesn't? I live for that. Like one or two movies that come out every year in the summer, where you're like, that's three hours and a whole lot of sugar, and it's going to happen, and I'm excited. And I have to go to the theater. I cannot wait for this on Netflix or, right. or anywhere else. I this is the one that I'm going to go to the theater. Yeah. Like summer theater events, right? These are like really events. And because we're missing those, we thought we would do something different where we're going to do a top five summer movies. But knowing if you've listened and you know Jeremy and I well enough now to this point to know that we couldn't just do top five. Like we're going to like that's there's too many. So what we're going to do is we're going to break it up by decades and we're going to start with pre 1980s. So this is going to be like a five-part series, our first series of top fives, which I think I'm excited to engage with the audience because now you guys will kind of know what's coming so you can sort of play along, maybe see if we have stuff that you agree with or disagree with um, as opposed to just coming in cold every week. So this week's top five is going to be the top five pre-1980s summer movies. That's awesome. Now, um, for, for, for fairness here, JT... Were you alive in the pre-1980s? No. So uh, I'm going to let 
uh, our audience into a conversation we had earlier today, which was I basically begged to do a pre 1990s <laughs> and then 90s forward because I I have literally no actual memories from the 1980s because I was I was born in 85. Uh, so and I, I didn't I didn't let him off the hook because basically I think my 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 quote was. I know you can find well more than five movies you love that came out before the eighties. So go find them and, yeah. uh, and, and, and come back to me. And to be fair, to be fair, to be fair I was, a, I was a wee lad back in the seventies myself. So I don't really remember like uh, of the movies on my list. I can tell you as a fact, only one of them I saw in theaters. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly I didn't see any of these in theaters, but the, the thing that like that happened to me while doing this list, it actually happened to me is I was so overwhelmed with the, the pure volume of cinema that exists pre 1980. And that I wound up having, I put together a list of, I kid you not 39 movies that I loved, and then had to find out if they were or weren't from the summer. Wow. And that, so I went back and found. That explains, and 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 look, I'll I'll fess up. I was sort of mocking JT a little bit on Slack today <laughs> <laughs> because I, I I got to my list and I started with ten, narrowed it down pretty fast, and uh, spent the rest of the day sort of trolling. Yeah, no, I had no concept of what came out in in the summers versus not. So like, there's a bunch of stuff where I was like, is this a summer movie? I have no construct of whether this is a summer movie. And it turns out apparently pre-1980, most of the movies I like were not summer movies. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I gotta say, this is one of the most surprising things in when I was doing my list and doing a little research. So I had put uh, initially Poseidon Adventure as a candy mm. movie. I, I'd argue it's possibly the best disaster movie ever made. Uh, certainly in that era, I, I would you know compare as well to modern modern ones. That's a that's a top five top five disaster movies is a good top five. Done and uh, Poseidon Adventure. Um, spoiler. So <laughs> the, the the thing is, Poseidon Adventure was released in December. Why? Yeah. There. The, this is the interesting thing I learned while doing the research. Many movies that that were huge successes. The summer blockbuster really wasn't a thing until the 1980s. So until until the mid 70s, the mid 70s when it really picked up. Because I was like, okay, let's go look when like when did the Godfathers come out? Dude, December, right? Like all those stuff. Like I, I forget, and it made sense once I started looking into it. Like a lot of this stuff is Oscar season; it's award season that they're getting ready for. It wasn't blockbuster stuff yet. So yeah, it was like, listen, it was cool because now I have this list of movies that I I love, which I didn't have. I had never like actually curated before. So like. That's moderately interesting. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, like I actually wound up having to do significantly more work for this than I thought I would to be able to make this actually, like have this list be be like real. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear the list. Should we, um, should we do our Shawshank test? So, yeah, I, I have a Shawshank bomb, I think. But you, if you want to go first, go ahead. All right. Then to, to refresh, the Shawshank rule comes from our episode about most rewatchable movies, with the Shawshank Redemption being the most rewatchable movie. If it's on cable, you must watch. And we all know it. You, you, you flick around, and that, that's on a channel. You're bored. It's coming on. So we eliminated it from the category because it's just the obvious pick. So in this case, the question is, is there the obvious pick, the the defining summer movie pre-1980 uh you're so when you say you have a bomb do you mean like like you're you you think i will have the same one or you think this is a shocker no i don't think it's a shocker i i'm hoping you have the same one but i actually what i want to i want to make a rule where we actually put a through line and say something that continues on through the the rest of the next five of these as well I'll go first. So in 19, I think it was 77 was Star Wars. Yes, of course. Okay. So Star Wars, is, but I think Star Wars is so Shawshanky that we should just put a no Star Wars clause in this. Where Because for every decade that Star Wars stuff came out, Star Wars will be relevant. Agreed. So I just think we just we, we put a universal cap on Star Wars and go, listen, especially with, with our personal histories with it, that will for sure be a top five list at some point. So we're just going to say Star Wars is, is, of course, every time it comes out, of course, it's a blockbuster. Right. It's off the list. Agreed. Okay. Well done. There we go. Did, did you actually want to go first for your uh, – oh, no, I'm going to go first this week. 
Yeah, you go first. I'm going to go first. Yeah, you went first last time, man. Pretty sure. Don't be a greedy firster. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have an order I want to put these in. I, I Do you want my weirdest one first or last, JT? I'll let you make that call. Where do I put the weirdest pick? Last. Last. Okay. So I'll go um, Smoking the Bandit. Oh, okay. He's bound down. Oh, my God. I love that song. Um, Smoking the Bandit is a great summer movie. It's your quint. I, I mean, it, it's not your quintessential, quintessential car chase because the movie is a car chase. Right. Uh, but like, it's not like that one amazing car chase scene from like French Connection or Bullet or whatever. It's more just this great long yeah fun comedy by the way to be to be really blunt i haven't watched it in a while so i don't know if in the modern era it doesn't hold up or has some particular things that might be less sensitive than 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 we speak today but uh so we're we're just going from my memories of the movie as just this fun romp across uh across the countryside um that i just uh, i've always enjoyed and actually now just talking about it right this moment it's it's going right back on my gotta watch it again soon list yeah, that's a great flag. I also think that's a really important thing we should just call out because I, I also hadn't thought of that until you just said it and went, oh boy. Yeah. But like, for sure, all of this is like, like it's it's only researched just enough, like with memory. So right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I, a good blanket explanation. Yeah. I mean, because I actually have another one on the list that, that would probably be a movie you can't make today, but but still fits in because it has to be there. So uh, and it's my number one. What you got? I love it. I've, I think I've only seen it like maybe twice in my whole life, but I like both times remember thinking like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Okay. So mine, I did put an order to it because I always do. They're not um, in like order of favorites. I just went chronologically. Okay. So I, for, I don't have a good reason for why I wanted to do this, but I'm also not going to apologize. I really wanted to go deep. Like I wanted to go back. I didn't just want to front load everything in like the late seventies. Right. So the first one I'm going to do is On the Waterfront, which is from 1954. Ooh, what a good movie. Came out in June, June 22nd, which again, I, I just wrote down all my favorite old movies and just went, I wonder if this came out in summer. Nice. Um, <laughs> like I just, I just went Olaf and just did like a summer thing and just decided that that would be my move. So On the Waterfront, I don't really think there was summer blockbuster movies back then. But, like, this is, dude, this is, like, Brando, right? Like, this is real good Brando. Yeah, to me, if you say Brando, it is either on the waterfront or it is the Godfather. I mean, I think our deserves a nod, but but on the waterfront, it was such his movie. Dude, like, it is so good. Absolutely swept the 55 Oscars. They had, like, they won eight. They were nominated for another four. Also, Rob Steger, by the way, who was super underrated for his time. I actually really like Rob Steger as an actor. He was in a bunch of other stuff I liked. Um, it's just such a classic film. And it was also like, there's something about it. The reason that I felt like it was summary is it was like, for the most part, it was pretty like brazen, right? Like it kind of went after like corruption and the violation of justice and like the fear culture that existed back then because of like the, the old boys network, like in a moment in time, it was kind of like a, a, a kind of a bold film. Absolutely. Look, 17 year old me watched this for the first time in his American film histories class in high school. Yep. I don't remember a single thing I learned about the movie back then, but knowing I, all I know is that it was very poignant. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that I think is weird about it is like it stands up film wise. So granted, like a lot of the stuff doesn't work anymore, but like it like from the way it was filmed, how it was shot, like it's actually still relatively like it, it would be relevant. It's, it's shown in every American history of art, whatever class 101 you have to take but yeah that's i'm gonna stick with that i wanted one from the 50s there was a bunch of stuff i had on my list that didn't make it because they weren't summer movies this is the only one that felt summer-ish i'm going with on the waterfront so what you're saying it, it, it was in fact a contender it was could have been a contender yes this was in fact a contender all right <laughs> uh i'm gonna go straight back to my um my what i'd say might not hold up um but if you're of a certain age in a certain era it's just it's just one of those movies that that just fills a lot of love in a lot of people's hearts. Um, so again, not uh, not sensitive to modern days. Maybe you shouldn't watch it anymore. I don't know, but I loved Animal House for a very very long time. <laughs> you could never make that movie today. <laughs> um, I mean, John Blue, like 
it, it's just John Belushi in his absolute prime. Yep. It is such a quotable movie. Like I think you could probably cut around some of the edges to make it work today, and and most of it still would hold up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and for 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 those of us who can still watch a thing and understand this took this is in that time and was just done in a different way. I mean, it it might be the most quotable of quotable movies. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what Animal House did for comedy films is unprecedented. Like it really did. It set it set a course that I mean, that movie is directly responsible for an entire genre of films. Like, Absolutely, and yeah, it's great. The, the cast was amazing. Did you, by the way, one of my favorite bits of trivia of the movie is they actually had the two frats, uh, li- the, the actors in each frat group lived together in a different house or hotel or wherever it was and actually were like sequestered for a while to build extra bonds and, and have all these things. And apparently there were like some real pranks being pulled and like like some some real enmity was, was being created in all that. So. Oh. I never knew that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, Niedermeyer. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that is classic. Also, Belushi is Belushi. Anything Belushi is is gold. So good. All right. I dig it. When did that come out? Oh, my gosh. I just closed the tab. Uh, how about 78? I'm going to go okay. with that while I look it up. Right yeah, that makes sense. Because I had it all. Animal House. Oh, 78. Boom. Nice. Well done. Okay. I dig it. Yeah, that one. Um, that yeah. I think you have to be able to watch Animal House as a moment in time. I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for my number two, uh, I went into the '60s, the late late '60s. But this one is a movie that I almost wish they would remake today. Not because this one can't be made, but just because it's like it's a fun sort of flick. Did you ever see Midnight Cowboy? Yeah. I love Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Big fan of Midnight Cowboy. So Midnight Cowboy came out in 69 uh, on June 16th. So John Schlesinger, who I actually really like, he was Sunday Bloody Sunday. He did Darling, Marathon Man, Terminus. Like he had a really nice run, like late 70s or late. Marathon Man. That's a great movie. Schlesinger was really good. So this is also Super Baby John Voight. Right. This is like John Voight's like big thing. This is like the first time he's around. Fun, like fun personal fact, my mom went to college with John Voight at Catholic U and they like were friends. Then also Dustin Hoffman, whose light had already started to shine here, but like Dustin Hoffman's like the best. Uh, and then Sylvia Miles. Um, all three of them got Oscar noms for this film, which is super cool. Uh, Voight became Voight. The reason that I always, this is like, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's basically like a country mouse, city mouse sort of thing. Like, right. you know, uh, John Voight is a cowboy, comes in to live in the city, thinks he's a hustler, winds up getting hustled. Dustin Hoffman is like this down on his luck, also New York City hustler. They form a friendship, so on and so forth. Every, like, it's their, it's their only friendship in their life. It's actually a really sweet film. It's a great movie. It's a great by movie. By the way, good soundtrack, too. Amazing soundtrack. And also Dustin Hoffman on this film was like a maniac. Like, so the I'm walking here moment was totally improvised. He literally almost gets hit by a cab, which is really fun. Um, he apparently had pebbles in his shoes the entire movie so that he would keep his limp up and not forget. So he wow. physically put rocks in his shoes. And also like Ratso, who's his character, Ratso Rizzo, has like this horrible like cough through the whole film. Yeah. And like apparently like he would get he would start coughing fits so bad it would put him into like he would actually make himself sick. <laughs> like Let's make me a little sick. Yeah, it's not great, but it's it's a great movie. It's fun, it's lighthearted, it's like it's also just like a classic. Like it's a nice moment. Again, it's a good time piece. Um big fan. Yeah, Midnight Cowboy. I, I knew the uh, I knew the I'm walking here trivia. I didn't know the other ones. Those are great great little nods. So, um this is uh I don't know, maybe unexpected, maybe expected. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to think of this one. Grease. The musical <sighs> John Travolta. Olivia Newton John. Never heard of it. Weeks in there right into the right before the eighties. And um, I don't know, it's one of those movies I've just always loved. We actually showed it to the kids recently. Oh no, we didn't show Grease to the kids yet. No, we did? We did. Um, it's a fun movie. Good music. You know, some of the lyrics uh, a little more surprising than you think. But uh, I, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just fun. It's it's fun. I saw Greece for the first time maybe four and a half years ago. Who are you? 
I despise this movie. Oh, should I talk about it more then? Oh, if you want to, man, <laughs> have at it. One of my first jobs when I was a kid, like 13, 14, is I, I was a quote unquote DJ. Not really. But like I played music at this roller rink and there was like a there was a kid's night where I would DJ for like kids dances. And the, the volume of times that I had to play music from Greece, it just it turned me off to that thing forever. That's fair. I, I can understand that. Like, there's a certain thing when you are ex- overexposed to a thing, it just becomes bad. Man, the between the hand jive and the you're the one that I want and the grease lightning, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I, it gives me PTSD. It's the worst. All right. Well, I'm sorry to bring a little. Uh, I didn't mean to bring. I didn't mean to bring you there. Are you having? Are you Are you okay though? Like, you look like you're twitching a little. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, to, to be honest, aside from my personal opinions, I am surprised it made your list. Like that is a genuine shocker. I would not have been surprised if somebody was like, "Oh, Greece is one." Like that would make sense. But knowing everything else you're into, I didn't see Greece coming. So that's fun. I like that. Greece and the other one that will also probably shock you. They're they they're from a young, a much younger, much younger yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, but, that's fair. You know, nostalgia is a thing. It really is. Uh, Okay, my number three. So I actually, I have six because I'm waiting to see if you have one of the two because there's two here that I think we have to have crossover on. And then there's one that I think you might have, but I'm praying you don't. My next one is the crossover one. So go, I'm sure of it. Let's go. Okay, so I'll wait for that then. So I'm going to do a different one then. All right. So this is, uh, did you ever see Chinatown? Yes. Chinatown. Well, of course, Chinatown. Okay, well, a lot of people, I don't know if everybody's seen it. Like, it's its not, I don't think of this, like, like especially when you hear my next three, not that I'm going to do all three, but the next three are like, you've seen these movies, for sure. I think if you're into, I think if you're into movies, you have seen Chinatown. I think it, it's its hard to say that you're really into, like, or at least into film and, and be an adult. Like, it's one thing if you're young, et cetera, cool. Right. But once you reach a certain point, you and you say you're into movies it's sort of like not having seen citizen kane which by the way i i do not i don't i don't worship um i respect the heck out of it not not for me i think chinatown is in that category except that it as as why it makes your list it holds up really well well that's the the thing with this so first of all like i think there's like to your point like you know the 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 line of movie versus film is a little pretentious but it's true because it's real and i think that line is polanski <laughs> like once you saunter into polanski worlds like you're kind of in the the film world now and then the other side of the coin it's dwayne the rock johnson well, correct tooth fairy the tooth fairy version of dwayne the rock johnson not even fast and furious <laughs> but I think like this one is so first of all it's Polanski second of all Robert Town was awesome and he won the Oscar for screenplay uh, Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway John Huston, Diane Ladd like great cast um, the thing with this one is it feels like reads like and watches like a Polanski film it's a master class in pacing um, the thing I like the most about this is like it's super complex but not complicated so if you're just getting into that world of sort of you know, all of the like big storyline, like lots of stuff going on, but like they wrap it up in the end. And it's like, it's a little bit of a, it's like a suspense thing. Like it's like a fun little suspense. It's like just a really fun film. It's a beautifully done film, but also it's a lot of fun. Um, The thing I thought was interesting. So with this lost, I just wanted to point this out. So it lost the Godfather part two, which of course was on my list, but is what came out in December, as we talked about earlier. Yep. Listen to what listen to the movies that came out in '74. These were this is what was up for the Oscar this year, right? Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, Murder on the Orient Express, Towering Inferno, Blazing Saddles, Great Gatsby, The Conversation, and Young Frankenstein. That's a good list. That's a strong year. Actually, I will say that, um, I, the conversation was one of the ones I was hoping was a summer because that's one of my favorite movies. Same conversations on my list. And I was like, I really hope this is a summer movie, not a summer movie. I think it was like February or something. <laughs> we, we should, by the way, just have a time where we talk about the conversation and enemy of the state. Yes, okay. totally. Just Absolutely. Sure. Other. Yeah. The original Manchurian candidate was on my list, but not that it's the same, but just enemy of the state led me to Manchurian candidate. Also not a summer movie. I was going to sort of spring this on you because I knew how much research you did, and, and I have one pick. If you had one of those of, of the thirty nine that that you was like, oh my god, why couldn't this have been in the summer? 
do you have like the one? Oh. Or the, I'll, I'll give you a second while I name mine if you'd like. Yeah, you go first. Mine was French Connection. Uh, to me, the French Connection is like could have been had there been summer blockbusters in 1971 the french connection would have been the summer blockbuster of 1971 so okay um i think so i love french connection that was also just on my list in general um i think it would be bullet oh interesting choice what's interesting is they're both like they're very they have a lot of similarities car chase etc yeah, I'm like a huge Steve McQueen guy because I'm a car guy. I love yeah. Steve McQueen. Yeah. So like Bullet, which was, it was 68 and it was not, it was like October, November or something like that. Again, it was late in the year. But I think Bullet would be like, because that's like such a great, like to me, that's like a summer movie. Like that's a summer movie for sure. Totally agreed. And we need to figure out a way to do something like I bet top five iconic actors slash actress perform. Like, I don't know how you do, because I would do like the top five Steve McQueen movies. There just aren't quite enough Steve McQueen movies to make it its own list. If, if You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. But I like the idea of like, I, of like uh, defining roles. Yeah. Like, so like you do like, so it's got to be like, you're on the Mount Rushmore of great actors of, and when I say actors, I mean both female and male leads, of like of great actors, but like the role they did that got them on Mount Rushmore. Right. So to your point, like Brando and the Godfather. Or is it Brando in On the Waterfront? I would put, I think you could make an argument for either. That, right, this will be a good list. I think we're distracting ourselves a little. And as much as I'm enjoying it, you know, we should get back on top. Back on top. We should. Okay. So you now, you tell me you are going to go into the one that you think there's crossover for. Um, I'm pretty confident. I, I would be surprised if this is not yours, uh, Jaws. Yep. I so the Jaws, I have two. And it was like, if he does this, I'll do this one instead. And either of them or both could be on your list, but I definitely have Jaws. Yeah. Jaws. I mean, Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. I almost don't want to talk about it. I just want to just say it's Jaws and, and it might it might actually be if I had to order them, this might have been the number one. So the only thing I want to say about Jaws is there's a great article from Esquire from a long time ago, and the guy talks about like four the four things Jaws did for other movies. Um it was uh, realistic fear, so not like the world is ending. It was like we have to shut right. the beach down. Right. That was a big deal. Um, they didn't oversexualize. The only person that was like sexualized in that movie is there's a, a young woman on, in a bikini on the beach, right. and she gets eaten in the first ten minutes. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is the complexity of characters is really good, right? Like the chief, Crazy. like you, you feel bad for Chief Brody. It's like, should you close the beach or shouldn't you close the beach? I don't know. It's a hard decision. Um, it's, and then also, it's a great, it's a, it's a movie that is a film. Yeah. And then story above all else. Like the fact that like they did the, the story mattered more than all of the, like, you know, the shark itself and all that stuff. It was like, it's a really, really well done article. Um, also sharks became like water monsters and I love sharks. So it's great. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's a certain sadness about that. You know, there are more killings of sharks because of jaws. I know ever before know. you know shark like what's the thing like more people die taking selfies than shark attacks or something like that yep that's yeah. not right well that was um, one of the things on our, our comforting that was on our list of comforting things this week is like if you survive the drive to the airport you're like that's the most dangerous part of your trip <laughs> so like shark, <laughs> shark thing it's the same idea it's like if you survive the drive to the ocean that's the most dangerous part of you going in the ocean <laughs> right and actually, it's funny because I watched, and I'm going to link to it, the Hishi, they do a Hishi dubs of Jaws, which is hysterical. Oh, cool. But I hadn't actually watched Jaws in, in quite a few years, and, and it opens with the opening sequence. And I had forgotten, I, I kind of had this quick new lens on it, which was, you know, the, one of the opening sequences that this, this girl, she's out swimming at night in the ocean, right, alone, effectively. And you would never do that today, but probably before this movie came out, you would never have thought not to do that. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. I mean, me swim ocean night alone. No. <laughs> right. Right. Be why shark, but like, <laughs> no, you know, it's the wrong thing. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, so what was your, what is your jaws alternate? So my jaws alternate is alien. Uh, alien was a summer. Alien was 79, June 22nd of 79. Oh, so good. Good choice, sir. So, uh, first choice. Of, so yeah, I'm not going to go deep into it because it's Alien. You've seen it. Uh, there's just a couple, like two, two small things. One, um, 
I watched the, three, the theatrical trailer of it again today. It's like jarring. Like it's a hard trailer to watch. It's screaming and noise and very Ridley Scott. And there's lots of stuff happening. Like it's a real, it's an intense trailer. Well, it's cause it's like seventies, like seventies. They had like that, all that discordant music and everything. Like yeah. they had a way to make, they would twist things in a way where, you know, I think today you fall back on, on like a lot of CGI and makeup and effects to do stuff where back then they found other ways to make you scared. Yeah, which is it was wild, and that's the watch the trailer. Like it's 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 a good reminder of like ugh, like it's shocking. Okay, um, the coolest thing, the only piece of trivia, which I think a lot of people probably know some of this, um, but the so the most the infamous scene of the alien coming out of the chest, right? So the cool thing about that, um, from like a cinematic standpoint, is uh, it was only shot once with four cameras rolling simultaneously. And it was none of the actual actors were aware that they were going to use real blood and like fish guts and stuff. So the <laughs> reason the reason that they shot with four cameras and only once is because it was a genuine reaction, which is kind of neat. I just thought it was cool. And then also one of the greatest taglines of a movie ever in space. No one can hear you scream. So that good. is so good. <laughs> Alien is like Jaws in space. Ba- basically the same thing. Basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. I, am I my last one? I'm yeah, your last one. I hope there's no. I want there to not be cr- like crossover here so bad. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I'm gonna. I want to watch your reaction as I say this, and because this one probably next to Star Wars, Star Wars is its own special place. Um, this one probably actually holds the dearest place in my heart. Mary Poppins. Have it. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, as I was scrolling through movies and looking at years and timing and everything, Mary Poppins is probably like for, for no reason. Cause it came out far before I was born for, for whatever reason is like the kids movie of my childhood. It's probably the one I watched the most. I don't know why, because back when I was a kid, you couldn't rewatch stuff. I don't know if it just was on all the time. I mean, there was no TNT classic. Like it's just, I don't know how we watched it, but I watched Mary Poppins a lot of times and it was one of my favorite things to share with my children as they, as they uh, started watching movies. Um, I didn't see the, the sequel cause I, 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 I kind of want to, and in many ways don't, even though I've heard it's quite good. It's, it's, it's really cute. Emily Blunt's great. Uh, yeah. She's gotta be. Um, but no, Mary Poppins, uh, Julie Andrews is amazing in it, and yeah. it, it's just so well done. It is so such a touching story. The music's great. The more you start learning the backstory, uh, if you haven't watched uh, Saving Mr. Banks, um, which is about the make, it was about the making of Mary Poppins and all the controversy and the issues that they ran into to to pull it off. That's also worth watching. Hmm. Uh, it's a it's a special film for me. Okay, Mary Poppins. I love Mary Poppins. I would I would highly recommend you seeing the new one. The new one's great. All right, um, and it's funny. I didn't have Mary Poppins on my list. I did have Sound of Music on my list of on my longer list though, which uh, also didn't make it. So I'm going to go in the polar opposite direction. We <laughs> just came from Alien, so of, of Mary Poppins, and I'm I'm. Kind of surprised this wasn't on your list, and I feel like it might have been an oversight, or maybe this is just wrong. Can I guess? Please. Late 70s. Which cast is even Sundance Kid? Nope. Oh, because that was one of my other contenders. What you got? Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah, Polar Opposite. Right. Polar Opposite of Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. So, 79, right? Masterpiece from Fort Coppola. Masterpiece. Um, loosely based on Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, which I also have, re- have, re- have read. Yep. Um, the cast is wild. I did some math, so I am going to share this. So Marlon Brando, Martin Sheen, Robert Duvall, Lawrence Fishburne, Harrison Ford, Dennis Hopper, and Frederick Forrest. Between them, they have three Oscar wins and 17 nominations just in that group. Wow. The film was nominated for Best Picture, Director, Actor in a Supporting Role, which is Duvall, Sound, which it won, Art Direction, Cinematography, which it won, and Editing. Supposed to be a six-week shoot. It was 16 months. Uh, Martin Sheen had a heart attack during the filming that they kept from the studio because they were so over budget and so late, they were afraid they were going to pull funding. Francis Ford Coppola had to mortgage his house and his vineyard and put $7 million of his own money into the film just to get it finished. Wasn't there like a typhoon or something? Like 
Dude, this film, the lore around this film, so there was, there was a typhoon, uh, Sheen being drunk in the, in the opening scene and like punching the glass actually was him actually intoxicated, actually like busted his hand up. He had the heart attack. Lawrence Fishburne lied and said he was only 14 when he got cast for this, so he legally couldn't work, but he lied in his application, which was cool. Um, little, little nod to you being a Star Wars guy. Uh, Harrison Ford got to choose his name in this, and he chose G, he chose G. Lucas, which is like a little subcurrent that's uh, underneath. I and I think that. somebody else also pulled... I forget the producer's name from uh, Star Wars, but he also did that. Uh, also, there's like a cool story about this, about like uh, the multiple endings. So apparently there was supposed to be... Supposedly there was as many as five or six different endings they cut. Um Really? The editors have since gone back and said that's not true. But what Coppola has admitted is that Brando, by the time they finished, was too fat <laughs> to like convincingly do some of the some of the stuff they had to do. So they wound up taking like a completely different like avenue towards it. It also has cinematically one of the most like rivetingly filmed sequences I've ever, I, I in my opinion, in film, which is like when he first arrives at Kurtz's camp. And it's like, it's all the indigenous people and like they're on the boats, that whole like six minute sequence of him arriving there and uh, like getting Robert Duvall, like, cause Robert Duvall turns up in that scene. Like he like turns up, dude, it's, it's like, a, that's just a, that movie for me is like a, probably a top, that might be a top five, definitely top 10 all time. Like film. It's so good. Strong. Now, yeah. what is your, uh, what is your, and maybe you don't know this theory. Do you have any perspective on the um, apocalypse now's Colonel Kurtz? is actually Colonel Kirby from John Wayne's Green Berets. Have you heard this one? I have not heard that. This is a great theory. It's oh. one of those like, movie theory things is that it's the same character, obviously a few years later, has now gone oh, you know, interesting. bonkers. Um, and, I, and I think I read once a while back, so, so this is not factual just so maybe i'm creating a little fake news but if i don't if i recall they actually wanted they they had to change the name to kurtz because of potential lawsuit stuff no not true so okay. this is a, I, this is fun fact they there did change the name to kurtz though so what happened is originally brando didn't want it to be kurtz because he said this guy would have an english last name he wanted it to be Leahy, and he wanted huh. it because he's like it wouldn't be kurtz then after they finished filming he went actually read Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, called Coppola and said, you have to change it back to Kurtz. And so wow. they had to do voiceover work for all of Harrison Ford's parts again, so that it was so they referred to him as Kurtz in that league. <laughs> I didn't know that. Very yeah. cool. But uh, yeah, go check out the, the Colonel Kirby Kurtz theory, because it's, I it's definitely pretty will. good. It's pretty good. That sounds perfect. There we go. That's a good list. Those are pretty good lists. I'm I'm proud. I'm I'm specific. I'm proud of us, Jer. I think we did a good job. And, and that's now. So that's the first segment of the five part yep. summer extravaganza. Yeah. So now next week we will do 80s. And so we'll have a second episode of movies that you were far too young to have actually seen when they were in your heyday. But for me, it'll be some that I did actually see in the theaters. Some I might not have. Uh, right. It'll probably. I think this might actually be much harder for me than for you because the '80s, like, is my era. Right. It is my nostalgia. It's all my stuff. Whereas you'll hit the '90s. '90s is going to be rough. I like mentioned this to Kayla that we were doing this and said, and she, like both both of us were like, the '90s are going to be impossible. <laughs> like, like I would have to do. I could probably do a top five for every year of the '90s because that was right in my wheelhouse of movies. But regardless, we'll get there. Well, hey, listen. Well, the nice thing is this: this is like this is a listen. We're, we're open to feedback. This is a this is a different journey. Now you get to come with us on this journey, and like you get to think about your top five eighties, which I think will be fun. And I'll be interested to see if we hear anything from uh, from all of our our wingmen. Uh, so, with that being said, though, what was your favorite thing on Wingman this week, Jared? As you came back into the technological world, um, I'm oh my god, I'm liking what it was called. It was the um, it was the the the, the TikTok. The um, gosh, the world is beautiful. Gosh, the world is pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty, 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 pretty. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I'm just getting more and more into things that make the world look great. Uh, it yeah. makes me feel good. So that that's my very simple pick. I like it. So I'm I'm going to go with two this week. I'm going to pull a Jeremy and go with two. 
Um, my two favorite ones. So the one is the kid who did the on the roof. I don't know what about that made me laugh so hard, but it was just like such a dad thing. And I'm at a point in my life where I like, instead of laughing at it, ironically, I was like, I feel this man, which is fun. <laughs> like a, a fun moment in time. The other one, just because the story is so cool, um, is a story about the, I think we, I called it uh TikToker gets noticed for TikToking, <laughs> which just made me laugh. It's still probably my favorite uh, title that we've ever written. Um, but he like did some really cool stuff and turned into like Ben 10 and Spider-Man and all this stuff. And then like actually got noticed by Bob Iger and Zach Braff and a bunch of people. And he has since been contacted by talent agencies. Like that's just one of those things where the internet is really cool that you can show people what you're capable of. And then the internet will embrace you and be like, we got you, dude. Like we're going to, we're going to bring you into the fold now. I just think that was awesome. What, what about top five uh, things that, that became success because of internet discovery. Oh boy, that would be good. You know what I mean? But like in this kind of way where someone just did a thing and right. maybe the right person watched it or sent it to their buddy or whatever happened. And that person knew someone and poof, now they're on TV. Yeah. For me that like that entire list would wind up being music for me. I know it. That's cool. But yeah. That would be awesome. I yeah. love that. That's a good idea. That's our third top five idea on this podcast. <laughs> You know, at some point, this is just going to be like top five, top five ideas. That's our first hey, number four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, what are you excited for this week? I'm excited for for next week where I will no longer be digging myself out of uh, out of. I, I you know I kept wanting to saying wanting to say a Sisyphus task, but I know I never say that thing right. Whatever Sisyphus Sisyphus Sisyphus. <laughs> <laughs> Sissy water. It's good to know that my response to a dear, dear friend having a stroke is I'll just laugh. (laughs) I know it's Sisyphus and a task. All right. How about you? Uh, I am excited for uh, what am I excited for this week? We do a, uh, a pizza movie night with uh, the fam every Friday where we make pizza and watch movies. And I am going to use our top five as a reason to go backwards in time and, and find a reason to watch some good old, some good old summer classics, Jer. I like that. That almost sounds like you're trying to hint at me that hot tub time machine will be one of your picks. Probably (laughs) not. Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Why would that happen? It probably won't. It probably won't happen. But yeah, I think that'll be it. I'm excited to like use this out. The other thing is like just writing my list down. I think you said this earlier, but like, dude, like I was like writing. I'm like, oh man, I haven't seen this in forever. I gotta watch that again. I was like, oh yeah, like I gotta watch this again. Like this is just just putting this list together was was worth its time because now I'm like, yeah, I gotta like I want to dust off some of the old some of the old dividends and watch them. (laughs) Nice, I love it. Uh, well, sir, you know, enjoy your week. Try to avoid anything related to, um, you know, farting water. That's all. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> I'll do my best. Thanks for letting us be your wingman, everybody. Hey.